LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Madeline Galea. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every Monday. That's right, Maddie. Episodes drop every Monday. How are you surviving this uh, lockdown at the moment, Maddie? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I always feel pretty good on a Monday, so it's good we we should always record on a Monday. I feel great. How are you, kids? My highlight last week was heading to the shops and uh, speaking to people other than my nuclear family. It was quite exciting. Wow, living Um, the life. Well, it's quite hard to engage people with a mask on, but I can do a lot with my eyes. I can do a lot with my eyes. (laughs) That is good. What comes to mind when you think of HR? That it's boring, restrictive, it's an area that you don't feel equipped in, or it's someone else's responsibility. Well, welcome to a special mini-series of The One Thing, HR for Churches. At Reach Australia, we think it's really important how you lead. And any ministry organization will survive and thrive based on its leadership. So this series is for you if you're a senior minister in church, if you're a church planter, or if you're a leader of a parachurch organization, or if you're on one of those staff, this is a helpful series that is gonna help answer and raise some of the questions that you should be talking about with your team. We believe that at the heart of HR is a love for God's people. We wanna protect all parties to love each other well and to be leaders who lead with clarity and exercise responsibility well. We won't be able to cover everything in these episodes, but we wanna get the conversation started. So if there's any issues that are raised that you'd like our help with, feel free to reach out to Reach Australia. But for now, you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, Org Structures. Well, I'm very excited for this series, uh, HR for In the Church, and particularly this episode with Dave Kewen. Um, Dave, you've just joined us on staff here at Reach Australia. Welcome. Thanks, Maddie. Really great to be working with Reach Australia, and, and I'm excited to be here talking all charts with you guys. Yeah, it'll be good. Dave started, uh, joined our team during lockdown, so we haven't been in the office together yet, but look forward to that day. Uh, So, Dave, why is having an org chart for your church important? Yeah, look, uh, I know not many people are super excited about talking about org charts, but (laughs) but I am. Um, They are, I think, vitally important for for churches to have. Uh, And I think, firstly, uh, they are really important to get clarity. Uh, and we can't underestimate how good clarity is in churches. Uh, so often we speak to churches, uh, we speak to staff, and they don't really know what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. They don't know where they fit into the organisation. They're not quite sure who I'm working with. Are they my boss? Are they my colleague? Are they my peer? Am I supposed to be keeping them accountable? <laughs> and, I, and I guess as we start to think about, you know, churches as as an ecosystem and as you know wanting to actually achieve something we want to know what's my role in what the church is doing and so we want to fight for clarity and we want to fight for it for a season so we don't fight confusion forever Uh, and org charts i think a really important part of gaining clarity but not only that maddie they're also really important in understanding reporting lines 
uh, it's often not clear. Uh, and putting together an org chart uh, at least begins this discussion amongst your staff team. Who am I reporting to and who's reporting to me? Mm -hmm. uh, and it starts to help you know exactly where you're going to sit. But as well as that, org charts don't just stop there. The benefits don't stop there. They just keep coming. Uh, and so you, not only can they do that, but you can actually create role descriptions out of your org chart. You can take it that one step further. Um, and so once you figure out where are people sitting, then you start to think, okay, here's their description. Here's their responsibility. And you start to gain relational and responsibility and you get clarity around those two things. Mm. And I, I think you could potentially solve many current and potential issues just by doing this sort of simple step of starting to put together an org chart. So we, we talk lots about meetings and the importance of meetings. Um, how does an org structure help with you thinking about what meetings you should have in your organisation? Yeah, so it starts to figure out, I think, for you, who, who are your sort of uh, top line uh, volunteers or key staff that you need to get in the room if you're making these sorts of decisions. And, and once you've got responsibilities that sort of come out of them, you can start thinking, we, we need to make a decision about growth groups uh, or about, you know, uh, getting maturity or something along those lines. We can start to see through our org chart who's responsible for that, who's part of that team, who needs to be in the room as we have that conversation together. You know, is this a whole church thing? All right, we need to get all these people. Is this just a high-level discussion? Then we need to get those people in the room. And yeah. I'm, I'm interested to know, is this something that you share? Like, do you share this with your wider church family? Is this something you have on the bulletin board at the back of church? Is this a document that you sort of have, you know, hidden away underneath the desk? How, how, how do you use the org chart? Who's it, who's it for? Yeah, so I would share it with everyone who appears on your org chart. Um, and so, you know, if your name sort of sits there, then, you know, you, you want them to have uh, eyes on it. Um, and I want, you'd want to invite feedback. You know, is this where you understand your role in the organisation? Is this how you see things working? Uh, that not only brings clarity in your head, but it brings clarity in their head to start to go, oh, yeah, this, this is where I think I sit, you know, um, and uh, I think that's really helpful. And, and obviously, you'd go through with any new employee with, you know, with the staff handbook, which I'm sure every church has. Um, <laughs> you know, so every new employee knows exactly sort of what, what they're up for. Yeah. So, so this isn't really a, um, an org chart that you kind of decide one day and then you put it in a drawer or it's on a file somewhere. It's something that it's a lot of thinking that's been done and then has implications in terms of role descriptions, meetings, knowing where my responsibility begins and ends or, and when mm. some, someone else's responsibility begins as well. Um, any thinking in terms of any theological thinking that you've done in this space? Yeah, look, um, you know, God is a God of order. Uh, mm. He's not a God of chaos. Uh, it, when you look, you know, about how he wants things run, uh, even in 1 Corinthians 14, he, he talks about being a, a God of order. Um, and, and I think those principles work through uh, not just how we gather, but, you know, how, how the, the wider church starts to sort of think about how it puts itself together and, mm. and what our responsibilities are. So uh, I think the, the order there, I think, is, is good for churches uh, and, and 
comes out of God and who he is. Yeah. What about parish council or your eldership or your committee of management? You know, do you need to put them on, a, on an org structure? Uh, yeah, absolutely, Scott. Um, I think it's one of those mistakes that, that you can make uh, is not understanding where you want to actually put your governance. You know, where does it sit? Uh, and it's a good uh, clarifying, again, conversation uh, for your parish council or elders or your community management. Put them on the org chart, show it to them, have the conversation. Is this how you understand our relationship? Um, and, you know, does there need to be a go-between? You know, do we need a operations manager, executive pastor that does some work and does some work between, you know, wards and parish council and the senior minister and so on. It's just, I think it's a really important part of churches and I think to leave them off would be uh, a bit of a mistake. Now, Dave, you've been a, you know, you've been a staff member in a, in a large church. You've been a, a congregational pastor, so managing a smaller team within a larger church environment. And you've, you know, over the last 18 months, been the senior minister of a, a fairly large church. Um, you know, have you ever sort of found it, uh, you know, unhelpful to have this discussion, you know, with the org chart? Like, have you always, has there ever been sort of a, you know, a, I guess a nervous conversation you've had around this or a, or a difficult conversation that you've had around the org chart? Uh, yeah, I, I think firstly with myself, um, <laughs> like I, I remember as a, as a mission pastor um, looking across and starting to realise I'm doing everything here. Uh, and, it, you know, you, you have that moment of realisation going, this is terrible. Like, it, it's terrible because lots of things are going to get done because I'm just going to be a blockage. Uh, so, I mean, so personally, it was a really good reflective exercise to actually put all the tasks and the functions in just, yeah. just one ministry, ministry area. Yeah, yeah. But even then, look, during lockdown last year, you know, we, you know, start to think about roles and responsibilities, who needs to do what? Um, and so, again, you know, went back to the org chart uh, as a senior minister in that context and started to think through where are our gaps? Where do we need to, you know, put focus? Everything, everything's online. We need an online director. Who, who's going to go there and what, what are they, what are we going to say no to for them so that they can sort of, you know, devote energy there or, you know, can someone else shuffle in the org chart to take on some of those responsibilities there? So it just became a tool to sort of spark strategic conversation and, and responsibilities uh, across the organisation. Now, a number of our listeners are in small churches. They're in staff teams of one. You know, they're often leading the church themselves. Also, there's a number of our listeners. Hi, Mum, just a quick shout out to you, who are actually volunteers in church and team members in church life. Um, you know, what if a church is small? How how's, how's an org structure helpful for a small church? Yeah, again, the same, same principles work through. Um, you have responsibilities that you want people to take on as your church looks to achieve and, 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 and grow. Um, and so... If that person taking responsibility is a volunteer or a paid person, um, the principle is still the same in terms of trying to figure out, you know, what what are they actually doing? I actually think it'd be really helpful for your volunteers, mm. uh, again, to know where, where their relationships lie and where their responsibilities lie, um, and that's that's really helpful. So if you this isn't big church thinking, this is you know whole church thinking, whether it's you know small, medium, or, or a large church, those principles work all the way through mm. can I ask a question on yeah wearing multiple hats so recently my head's been in the multi-site campus model uh, and in that 
in that model, you could quite easily be seeing overseeing a purpose area and then also be a focus pastor, a campus pastor. And then, but say even for a smaller church, uh, a solo, you know, minister, they as well will be overseeing multiple areas. So in terms of how helpful an org chart is and implications, uh, I guess, particularly around how many direct reports should we have? And the more roles you have, I'm assuming you're likely to have more direct reports. There's a limit to that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, you know, the, the, the thinking out there is um, you should sort of sit between that sort of six to eight direct reports. Mm. Um, and, uh, but, uh, you know, it partly depends on who you are um, and your, uh, how much you can sort of take on. You know, for some people, uh, six to eight sounds super daunting. Mm. Uh, for others, they're like, six to eight? What do I do with the rest of my week, you know? Um, and I, I think we should always tend towards the smaller number yeah. uh, so that we, we can actually do those direct reports well, you know, do the one-to-ones, have those catch-ups, make sure those people are going well uh, and not play the comparison game between going, you know, this guy, he, he can do 12 in the week, you know, he has 12 and he has no sweat and I'm struggling with the four that I've got. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's the, the sort of wisdom that's out there is around that sort of six to eight number. Yeah. I mean, the, help, the helpfulness of having it written out out though is that you can actually recognize where you do have two hats and uh and then be conscious conscious okay i'm putting on i'm putting on this hat now and uh and and what am i responsible for what am i over who are the people that i'm uh you know managing or what's the outcomes uh that i'm that i'm responsible for in in you know with this hat on um i think as well even even in a small church as well writing it down you can also identify uh, you know who in your church is doing a lot of a lot of ministry and has a lot of responsibility. So again, just actually documenting it can help have yep. that conversation with someone again who doesn't want to let go of the roster. You know the roster for this and the roster for that. You can actually say, well, I think it's about you know we need to let some other people actually be involved in ministry, or you're doing too much, and that means you're not actually not getting the the, the key things that I actually need you to do. So. As a as a, uh, a feedback tool, as a discussion document, org structure is really helpful. Mm, totally, totally. Yeah, and I guess the more I, as a leader, if I'm working at a higher level, working more through others, I have room then to have more direct reports. But if I'm stuck in the detail, that's really going to eat up a lot of my time. Mm, yep. So, what are some classic mistakes that you've seen with creating and implementing org charts? Yeah. Um, Obviously, the, the biggest mistake is to not have one, Maddie. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, other common mistakes, uh, when you look at an org chart, uh, it's very clear that one person uh, is carrying an enormous load. Mm. Um, often it's the senior minister. Uh, it, they seem to be at the very middle uh, of the org chart and everything <laughs> sort of springs from them. Uh, and they have too many direct reports. Uh, and you, I look at that and go, that's going to be inefficient. That's mm. going to be slow. Uh, he's going to be the bottleneck that slows everything down, decision-making, strategy. Uh, and uh, that, that just becomes a huge um, problem on that front. But also for them personally, just trying to carry that much, yeah. um, I, I think it, it becomes a, a, a problem at that point. Other mistakes is not everyone's on it. Um, this is particularly awkward and uh, this is 
you know, it's never happened to me, but you share the org chart and um, uh, the person you've shared it with is it actually on the org chart. Oh, uh, yeah. That, of course, would, would never happen to me. Um, <laughs> that's slightly awkward and they go, where am I? Um, yeah. I can't see myself. Uh, so <laughs> maybe just get someone to check it before you share it. Um, and the other mistake really is that your chart doesn't grow or change as you uh, as you change as an organisation or, or grow. Mm. And so you do want to review it uh, annually at worst. Uh, you want to keep asking yourselves the question, does this still work for us? Um, because our structures will and can limit our growth. And so I just want to keep an eye on those things about how, how they're working. Uh, is this still where we are as an organisation or what needs to change? You know, if we were to be a church, you know, from 100 to 150, does our old chart need to change in terms of what that looks like? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're good discussions to have. Can I review my old chart too frequently? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I don't think week by week you want to sort of put it in your <laughs> weekly reflection. Um, you know, yeah. oh, I'm in the right spot, you know. Uh, so <laughs> I think you can overly sort of analyse it and think it yeah. through. Um, but if you put it in that drawer and you sort of, you know, come to it a couple of years and go, oh, this is pretty good. Oh, but they've, they've, that person's left the organisation now and so on and so forth. You, you've probably left it too long. Yeah, yeah. No, fair. It's good. Okay. So what would you encourage us to do now if we don't have an org chart? Hypothetically speaking here, Dave. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. <laughs> um, this, this, isn't a, uh, this is an autobiography, Scott. Um, <laughs> Um, no, look, I, give it a go. Um, it's okay to have some trial and error in this space. Um, it's putting together an org charts. It's a, it's a little bit of art. It's a little bit of science. Uh, hopefully we're giving you some principles to at least start with. And, and I would encourage you to start by mapping your organisation exactly as it is now. Um, just put everyone in where you sort of think they, they, they currently sit and then analyse it together, put it up in a team meeting and say, hey, this is where I think things are. Mm -hmm. uh, let people sort of give feedback. Uh, and then you could potentially even then map it aspirationally, like, you know, what would we like to look like? And then you can start to see, um, you know, how you could start to make some changes and uh, transition roles and responsibilities and really? relationships. That, that's really helpful to help us see it as a planning document as an afford afford planning document to say you know who do, who do we actually need in order to get stuff done so it can identify gaps but also help you think through um mm. you know how, how can you solve it with a team leader a team member or a, a staff yeah. person as mm. well um, i'd encourage people as well just to to make use of the people in your church who are human resource professionals as well you know mm. grab them use them um i've recently um, you know, someone's introduced me to a, a, a human resource person. It's been quite a helpful, um, you know, process just to have some, you know, just to bounce some of these ideas off. And often there'll be, you know, people in your church or in your relational networks as well that you can speak to and talk to about this. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, question. Do you find, I'm just picturing an org chart. Say hypothetically I'm on the bottom of the org chart or I, I was in an area and I've been moved do you find that you need to, uh, I guess, uh, preach to people's identity and where they're finding their identity given? It's very obvious on a piece of paper, you know, where I fit and, you know, I'm human, so maybe I'm quite crushed that I'm down the bottom. Uh, does that ever come up? Yeah, look, I think as, uh, as you have those conversations, 
Um, you, you want to be clear on a couple of things. You want to be clear on the why, what, you know, why in terms of the big picture and, and sort of where you fit. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, you do, you've got to keep it. And we've all got to, we've got to protect ourselves and keep preaching the gospel to ourselves that mm -hmm. uh, I'm not what I do. Um, you know, and, and it's just a common trap for us to get into um, that our identity gets caught up, you know, where we may find ourselves in the org chart. Yeah. Uh, and that's just, you know, so far from gospel and biblical truths that we need to remind ourselves and those we speak to uh, that that's, that's, not, um, that's not the important part. Yeah, definitely. That's helpful. What's the one thing you want to say about org charts? Uh, well, org charts, they are one tool to help bring clarity by mapping relationships and responsibilities in your church. Nice. Good job with the one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Maddie. Well, let me go to the toolbox. Um, let me throw out a couple of links. I, I found the Manager Tools podcast really helpful, and uh, they've got a, a helpful podcast. We'll put a link in the show notes on span and control guidelines. So, Dave talked about you know capacity and, and how many direct reports you could have. They've got some, some useful guidelines there. Uh, Macintosh, uh, Macintosh, Gary Macintosh has got a great book, Taking Your Church to the Next Level. And uh, you know, through the middle section of the book is some helpful stuff just on uh, organizational structures as well. Um, Craig Hamilton uh, has got a new book called uh, Wisdom in Leadership Development. And he talks about ministry grouping. Um, and so that's the, the phrase that he uses to talk about org structures and org charts. And so he's got a helpful chapter that talks about ministry grouping. Uh, there's some really useful stuff to, uh, to dip into there. So Craig Hamilton's new book, uh, Wisdom in Leadership Development. One of the final things I just want to talk about uh, is a staff consult with Reach Australia. So we do a number of consults, but one of the helpful uh, consultations that we provide is really pushing into uh, looking at your staffing and looking at your uh, leadership structures in your church. So why don't you uh, reach out to us at Reach Australia and we can help you think into your current staffing and your future staffing needs and provide a staffing consult for you. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Madeline Galea. Chat soon. Can I just do, we do want the to intro? Thank him? Uh... <laughs> You're very Australian. Nah, don't worry. <laughs> Put in no. the bloopers. Thank you, Dave, for coming. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Maddie. <laughs>